Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Does your grandmother know who Snoop Dogg is? That has been the question we've been asking, well, at least for the last segment. 704-570-9610. It all stemmed from a who is the most famous rapper of all time question. Lots of people wrote in. My favorite is 704. 704 wrote in, I'm an old white man, and I know who Snoop Dogg is. Wouldn't know any of the others. As always, Wes is correct. So you have a fan in the 704 number, and then I don't have to go back a couple, very many messages when we were discussing who would play us in movies or television shows. Yeah. This is the same number that said Walker looks like Eddie Munster. So 704, <laughs> just catching some strays from 704 here today. As always, it is the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Let's continue to talk about the NBA draft, and we're going to bring on Adam Finkelstein, director of scouting at 24-7 Sports. Find him on Twitter at Adam Finkelstein. He joins us now on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Adam, would you say you uh, would think your grandmother knows who Snoop Dogg is? <laughs> You know, my uh, my grandmother, if she were here, she probably wouldn't know. But ironically, my mother-in-law brought up Snoop Dogg yesterday. So I was laughing to myself as you guys were, were talking. <laughs> Did she really? What she bring him up? Just the Martha Stewart connection? Or is there anything else that she brought Snoop Dogg up for? I, you, I mean, if, if maybe people with a mother, she's not listening. So, like, you know, if, if, if uh, you have a mother-in-law, maybe you can empathize with, like, I wasn't necessarily listening until I heard Snoop Dogg. And I was like, what? What's going on with that? Maybe you can't so, empathize. Yeah, I'm not really sure, but I was just kind of floored that she, she knew who Snoop was. Uh, that's another piece of evidence for you, Wes, that Snoop Dogg is the most famous rapper of all time. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm ready to call it with that piece of information. <laughs> Congratulations, 704 was right, that you're always right. Again, let's talk a little bit more about the NBA draft instead. Adam Finkelstein joining us, Body Works Plus guest hotline. I'm just going to flat out ask you the most generic question we've been discussing and will continue to discuss as we approach the NBA draft. Adam, who do you think the Charlotte and Hornets should take at number two, Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller? You know, I don't think that's in, let me say this. I think they, they should take whoever they think is the best long-term prospect and not worry about the fit. Um, when I was in, in Chicago, I talked to a lot of NBA scouts and, and uh, they all seem to think Brandon Miller's going to be the pick primarily because of the fit. Um, you know, don't there, there's, concerns, although I'm not completely co-signing all of them, that Scoot and Lamella wouldn't wouldn't fit great next to one another and that Brandon would be kind of a more natural fit. But I actually just wrote something today about how, you know, in retrospect, some of the worst picks in recent NBA history are ones that were made at the top of the draft with fit as the, the primary motivation. Um, so I, I think they should really dig in, do their due diligence, and not worry about who fits with Lamelo. Just make sure they get the right guy because it's a it's the second pick in the draft. That's that's the only thing history is going to remember is whether or not they got the best player. 
Well, if you were to have your big board, right? Like, let's just go ahead and put you in Mitch Kupchak's shoes. Do you? What do yeah. you think here, Adam? Right? Like, do you think Scoot Henderson is the guy that the Hornets should choose because you think he's the best player and you don't care about fit, or do you think that best player is Brandon Miller and he traditionally does fit better with this roster as a lot of people see it? Yeah, you know, honestly, I think it's close. Um, I think, like, I, I did a pretty big uh, deep dive on Scoot today, and I think that, you know, everybody kind of knows what his his um, his calling cards are. You know, he's got that dynamic athleticism. He's, he's tremendous in the open floor. He's got really good pick-and-roll instincts. I think because people see the athleticism so glaringly with him, the thing that maybe he doesn't get enough uh, credit for is his floor vision. I mean, this, this guy can really, really pass the ball. Um, he can, he can really, really pass the basketball and that overlap of his explosiveness and his power, uh, combined with his passing. I mean, that, that's a special kind of combination of skills, but I, I think the shot is worrisome. I think the, the mechanics in the shot are not great. I think there's balance issues. And for a guy who, who's known as this ultra competitor, um, there's just too many moments where he doesn't want to guard. Um, you know, and, and so those, those to me are, are, are kind of the concerns that I think that if, if you're Charlotte, you bring him in and, and you ask him point blank about, and then you, you really do your due diligence and, and get into the, the background info there because you can't, you know, there's a big difference when you're playing 82 games a year. Are you going to be, you know, a gamer, so to speak, the guy who plays his best when the lights are on the brightest? Because everybody knows Scoot will, will rise to the occasion like he did when they were playing, um, Wemby in October, but I, you know, Charlotte needs somebody who's going to be committed to being his best self, all 82 games. The thing I'll say about Brandon Miller is that he exceeded any expectation we had from him coming out of high school. I mean, just completely blew it out of the water. So his rate of improvement in the last few years is so high. Um, it creates a lot of optimism about who he could who he could be down the road if he continues to evolve at this rate. So I, I would give him, um, you know, the advantage there. I mean, long story short, I think it's close enough where my final decision would have a lot to do with with the interviews and the intel. But if I had to decide right now who's the better prospect, I would probably say Scoot. Although I do agree that Brandon is the better fit, albeit that shouldn't necessarily be a consideration at number two. Adam, what do you think about the process, especially for a team like Charlotte, that's going to have to decide between a couple of players for that number two pick, the process for which these players kind of go through? Because it's been said that the agents are kind of controlling more things now and they're protecting these guys instead of letting them go against other top prospects and workouts and things of that nature that going up against, you know, team employees or coaching staff members. So how do you think that kind of hurts a team like Charlotte that has to make such a big decision and decide between multiple players? You know, I think the workouts, I mean, listen, everybody wants access to as much information as they have, but I think the workouts are, are in many ways secondary to the medical. So like, and, and there's nothing glaring as far as I'm aware about either one of these two guys, but, um, you know, that's really the biggest complaint when you talk to NBA front offices is when they can't get accurate medical information. And that was a big part of the collective bargaining agreement, which is going to change next year. So, um, you know, the, the kind of jockeying that goes into where they're working out and when they're working out is, is one of the subplots of this whole thing. And it does make the, it does make the decision making process a little bit more challenging. But I also think that Charlotte's got the leverage here. I mean, neither one of these guys is going number one. We all, everybody knows that. 
So Charlotte is the highest that, that either one of, of these guys can go. And there's obviously, uh, you know, correlating salary implications for that. So I really do think that although there's, there's going to be, you know, a little bit of poker played here, Charlotte should have enough leverage to, to get whatever information they have and, and make the, the right decision. Um, and I, I think so much of that goes into the, the interview, the background checks, you know, a lot of these teams now, and I don't know if Charlotte does this specifically, but a lot of these teams are doing psychological profiling for these kids. I mean, they're, they're investing, you know, millions of dollars into trying to, to forecast as best they can. And yet still it's this imperfect science, but um, you've got to use every resource at your disposal because this is a pick like, you know, you don't want to be the guy who, who takes, you know, Marvin Bagley at number two, you know, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, you look at golden state right now, if they had taken someone else other than Marvin Bagley, someone else other than Jonathan Kaminga, would they be in the NBA Finals right now? I think you could make a pretty good argument that they would be. So this is such a, a big, you know, when you get a high draft pick, it's such an important um, turning point in a franchise that you, you got to make sure you get it right. Now, if the Hornets do decide to go with Brandon Miller, and then they are also talking about bringing back Miles Bridges, do you see Brandon Miller? We know basketball has gotten positionless so to speak, over the years. But do you see him more of a shooting guard or a small forward? No, I see him as a wing. Um, and I think that, you know, the thing about, I mean, he's 6'9". So the thing that we don't know is how much weight is he going to be able to put on in the next three or four years? Um, you know, I, I don't think he's, I don't mean to compare him to the player I'm about to mention, but you see somebody like Jason Tatum, who at least had a, a similar body type at a similar age. And the amount of muscle he's been able been able to put on his frame and the positional versatility that comes with it, um, if Brandon can transform his body the way Jason did, um, even if he's not, you know, an MVP caliber talent, that's not what I'm saying. But just if he can transform the physical frame, then does he become someone who can slide between a few different positions? I think the nice thing with the fit with Miles is that he's, you know, physically strong and powerful enough that it should allow those guys to coexist and potentially have some flexibility, whether they play, you know, three, four together and some small ball lineups or, or, or two, three, if they're going to play bigger. Adam Finkelstein, director of scouting for 24 seven sports. Find him on Twitter at Adam Finkelstein, joining us now on the body works plus guest hotline. Adam, you mentioned talking to NBA front offices during this entire pre-draft process, just whatever it may be being the number two overall pick wherever in the order of the NBA draft, what's the most surprising thing you've heard during this entire process leading up to June 22nd? Well, you know, one of the things that I've, I've kind of dug in on this year has been the, the difference between kind of the, the, the media narrative sometimes and what's happening behind the scenes. And there's so much misinformation that, that, you know, NBA executives are trying to put out. Um, so you have to be careful who you ask and you have to make sure that it's, it's longstanding relationships and that there's no motivation to, to really ask, you know, for example, I'm I'm not going to ask somebody with a lottery pick, which of the Thompson brothers they like better because they're going to be motivated to try and, you know, uh, steer whatever outcome they're, they're looking for. But, um, one of the, with regard to the Thompson twins, one of the things that I, I find really interesting is there's this media narrative that a men is far and away the better prospect. Um, you ask the NBA scouts and, and executives and, and you hear almost the opposite, if not split down the middle where, where they're more interested in the SAR. And the SAR is actually the one who's 
um, won all the MVP awards at Overtime Elite. So, so I do think there's there's this very interesting kind of um, subculture in NBA media where you you have people like myself who are who are um, basing their things off their own evaluations and their own opinions, and then you have reporters who are who are reporting things. Um, and that's where it gets really tricky because, you know, some of the stuff that's getting reported is just a complete smokescreen. And, um, it's, it's, uh, it, it, all that is, is very interesting, but I, I think the biggest surprise to me is, is probably the difference between the way the Thompson twins are talked about in the media and the way they are talked about behind the scenes by, by NBA scouts. Yeah, Adam, and I was going to ask now, is there any chance, I think it's highly unlikely, but is there any other player that could make a late case for the number two pick that could give Charlotte another player to think about? I I would have said the Thompsons would have been the next best choices. You know, Amen is probably the only one that I've heard get any traction. As I said, there are some teams that prefer Asar. I don't envision him. The difference between the Thompson twins, in my opinion, is that Amen is the one who's got like the higher upside. I mean, he is a top 1% athlete in the NBA right away. He's potentially a primary playmaker at, in, in a big wings body. So now he is a non-shooter. So that's why people, he's kind of like a, a uh, high risk, high reward type prospect. But if you really buy into that high ceiling, there's been some talk that he could be in the mix at number two. I think if you're Charlotte, you're, you're, you have to at least do your due diligence um, and make sure you're not, because listen, you can go back even recent NBA draft history and there's all kinds of examples of guys who are picked, you know, far lower than, than it looks like they should be in retrospect. So I think if you're Charlotte, you, you've got to investigate all your options. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, I really do think it'll come down to Brandon and Scoot though. That's Adam Finkelstein of 24-7 Sports. You can find his two-part deep dive on what Charlotte should do at number two on his Twitter timeline. Just follow him on Twitter at Adam Finkelstein. They've reported most scouts expect Miller to be the choice. Click on that link and you can find out why on his Twitter timeline. Adam, thank you so much, man. It was great. We really appreciate you hopping on. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks, Adam. I was going to try to give his mother-in-law a piece of advice on what song to just kind of break into the Snoop Dogg genre. <laughs> I was trying to think of that. I thought maybe Imagine, because it's a little bit softer, but the words mm-hmm. are not. So yes. I was like, all right, throw that out. Maybe Beautiful with Pharrell. There's some cursing, but it's not bad. got to be Drop It Like It's Hot. Well, that can't be the first one, right? Like, Granny can have a little fun, too. Uh, <laughs> she, she could. Yeah. You know what? That's you're right. the one. You're, you're right. I, was, uh, I don't know why I was shunning her from Drop It Like It's High, yeah. but there I was. I apologize. Fun. Go All back right. in the day a little bit. <laughs> we try to talk a little bit more about Snoop Dogg, the transition song to get into that genre, and then maybe talk a little bit more about the Carolina Panthers. Dalvin Cook could be a free agent, and maybe even recap what Adam Finkelstein had to say. Plenty more to come on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta. Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. We are back, folks. This is the Wes and Walker Show, final hour of the day. Just had Adam Finkelstein on, director of scouting of 24-7 sports, covering a lot of topics, talking about the NBA draft, who the Panthers, I mean, not who the Panthers, but who the Hornets should take. And so uh, let's recap some of his comments. Was there anything in there that you really thought stuck out? Well, I thought the defensive comments... Uh, towards Scoot yeah, Henderson. I know you didn't like that too much. When I heard that, I said, mm. no, we'll never have him on again. Unfortunately, <laughs> it was great to have Adam on, but we can't have him on after that analysis. I think with the defensive stuff, it's fair, and it's something we've talked about a little bit. Mm-hmm. Defensively, I think he has all of the tools to be very good because we see what kind of stature he brings. He does have the wingspan of a 6'9 guy, even if he is only 6'2", so that is going to help him. And it's not that he's crazy short. He's just a little short. I mean, if you want to put him at the two, if you're running LaMelo at the one, then that's probably what? Three, maybe four inches, like good, good bit, but he's not Chris Paul, right? He's not somebody that's even that small out here. So fair enough. You can shoot over the top of Scoot, but it is the motor that is going to have to, the motor is still good to me. I, I don't know if I look at him picking and choosing spots where the effort is just so atrocious and the things that I've seen from him. I just think it's a little more of him going rogue at times. And I also think with Scoot, I think there has to be some of this baked in, man, the whole goal is to make it to the draft. And so I don't know how much of Scoot Henderson is going all out, especially with some of the injuries that he suffered this year compared to his first year in the G League, where he didn't play, I think it was like the last third, last 40% of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, and that's something Sam Vecini's talked about as well. But, but he's right. Like defensively, He's not been phenomenal. There's no doubt about it. And that that goes goes into some of the more um, more frequently mentioned flaws. Defense, being short, not having a great jumper. He thinks the mechanics are a little more off than I do, but I get we know. Yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, those flaws. <laughs> I can't this is the thing. I want people to recognize this because I try. I try to objectively speak about Spook, Spook, Scoot, Mm -hmm. and I try to objectively speak about Brandon, but I've always got to hear some, yeah, we know. Yeah, you don't have any flaws. I I mean, you just have... Really, though? Yeah, you... I just tried. You have a rebuttal for every single thing that people say. I I don't think I've heard a flaw yet that you agreed with. No, I agree that the shooting is not good. Like, I... I've not disputed that. Well, I feel like you had to, but then you started bringing up the catch and shoot, and then you brought up other stuff that brought him up into, like, the... Close to mid-30s. That's what you did when they said that. Well, I went through a thread uh-huh. that showcased when you actually account for all of the games that he played yeah. instead of just getting rid of the other games, which yeah. has always been weird, that he shot 32%. Yeah. Which isn't good. And you keep saying, yeah, like it's not, it's not <laughs> good. I just keep bringing it up. Well, yo, so what do you think about the fact that we were talking about during the break and I said I watch uh, 
you know, I watch my share of YouTube, as we all know here, and I watch uh, Gil's Arena with Gilbert Arenas, mm -hmm. and uh, he has multiple people on the panel there, and I feel like they talk about basketball in a very real, raw way, and that's why I enjoy it a lot. I mean, Gilbert, yeah. Gilbert but he knows very, what he's talking about. because well, you, basketball players do. Well, to an well, extent, but I'm Gilbert Arenas Gilbert Arenas is on point, though, man. Like, what makes he's Gilbert very, different than the other Because guys. he talks about a very real, very raw, and you know it's coming from a spot where like Gil was nasty and he had a lot of the stuff that good. these guys aspire to as far as just how he played. He had the endorsements. He had the big contracts. Like he, he can speak on it from a whole lot of different angles. Plus the fact he was so nasty offensively. So when he talks about it in a way that I can not necessarily relate to because I play, but he talks about it in a way that makes sense to me because I know basketball a decent amount. So what he says, I, I like a lot of the stuff he brings to the table, and he's played against a lot of the greats as well, played with and against. So, so what's up? So what he say? So what he said was <laughs> he was talking about um, he, one of the topics was how the scouts keep getting fooled by players that they keep taking. I I guess you could say basically for potential and not really looking at who can play. And so he was saying how with a lot of these pro days that they have now, because I've seen that too when I watch the show with Clutch Sports, like they have a showcase for their guys where they're going and just doing all this wild stuff, like a, a pro day, so to speak. And he was talking about how they lower rims and different things like that to make guys look, <laughs> love look better. Um, you definitely should check out what he said about Wimby too, because he definitely said that was uh, fixed, the lottery. But uh, it was very interesting. Sure. But so uh, anyway, but so he was talking about that, but he was saying how in these workouts now the agents are controlling a lot of stuff. And he was saying how they're going up against because I saw the video of Scoot in the Trailblazers workout on Twitter. Yeah. And they're going up against team employees and things of that nature, whereas back in the day. And I remember reading in the book, uh, the, the biography about Kobe Bryant, like how those guys, they played against other top prospects. Like if you were coming out in the draft with this guy, they wanted to see you go up against him one on one. And that would get guys stock up. Like, I remember Kobe lit up a lot of people during his draft process that were supposed to be this and that. And so I was saying for a team like Charlotte, I think that would help a lot. You bring in a Scoot Henderson and a Brandon Miller together, and y'all going to fight for this number two pick. And I think that's a great way to figure that out. And so I was going to ask you what you think of that and who do you think would win if they did do that. I think I know who you think would win, but I just want to hear you Well, say uh, first, <laughs> if, if we want to talk about the former, more interest, it's not – I'm sure Charlotte would love to do it. Yeah. This is not Charlotte just not exploring all their options. This is Brad Brad Miller. God, another Charlotte Hornet great, mind <laughs> you. Brad Miller, the real Miller time. This is about Brandon Miller in his camp not finding any advantage to doing this. Mm -hmm. And this is Scoot Henderson and his camp not finding any advantage to doing this. This is what's happened over the last however many years you want to go back. Sure. None of these top prospects are going to give you a reason to not draft them by going up against someone else and then getting wrecked because of it. And then so now you're falling down, right? Like that doesn't scoot Brandon. They know they're going two or three. So why would you why would you erase doubt that that guy might be better than you? And no, he actually cooked me. And so he is better than me. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just not going to happen with the, and maybe you have a problem with the way they think, but I'm just telling you that's the way they think. So it's not going to happen. Who do I think would win? Give me scoot, man. If you're going to, if you're going <laughs> to, if you're going to say that I'm not going to give any flaws to him, I'll just continue on that narrative. Yeah. Scoot Henderson would win. I don't know. I mean, the thing about the one-on-one -on -one stuff though, it's like, that's not how basketball is played. It's not, but and so when we go specialized stuff, 
then there are guys that get drafted because of their team defense that also aren't good offensively, right? And so it's like, all right, for instance, Jeremy Sohan out of Baylor last year, not a good offensive player. He was against North Carolina for that one game in the second half for sure, but not a great offensive player. But still people are very high on him because of what he does, everything else outside of scoring. And so do you think Brandon or Scoot winning a one-on-one battle is going to make him the pick because they won 11 to 10 or 11 yeah. to 9. Okay. Because it, it because it <laughs> tells me about your competitiveness, your competitive fire. Like, I want to see, like, are you going to eat? Like, with this number two spot on the line, I want to see who's going to compete. And then also I'm going to see your bag when you guys are going against each other because you're both going to pull out all of the, the tricks of the trade that you have. Like, yeah, I, I think one-on-one settings for sure. Unless I'm trying to draft – just a, a pure point guard or things of that nature. I can see a, intangibles and things like that on the tape. So, I can see how you pass and things like that on the tape. But as far as just real rugged, raw, because that's what you're depending on these two players to do at the number two pick. Like the the main part of their job is to get buckets. There's no question about that. Like okay, but when you're talking about all the other important things sure, on a floor, I can see that on tape. But I want to see you two just – I'm just going to throw the stake out there and go get it. Who wants to be the number two pick? Show me. But but you're – right. So you're saying, like, that is the exclamation point. Whoever wins, all right, congratulations. You locked this thing up. I think it's going to tell me a lot. Like like you said, if it's 11-10, a close game, all right, there's there's stuff I can go from both sides. But if one of you just comes out and just gets your head torn off and you're just not ready, yeah, that's going to tell me a lot. You're not going to be my number two pick. Yeah, well, I mean, look – you're also speaking about this from a point of potential. Like, yeah. I, I don't, maybe they're not ready right now, but maybe they will be ready in like two or three years. And I don't know who would win, like yeah. Scooter, Brandon. I don't I'd know. I'd go, well, I did ask the question, so I feel like I need to answer as well. I would go Brandon Miller just because of the length, the 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 height that he has against the Scoot. I think Scoot, if he played him correctly, I think he'd give Scoot some room to shoot jumpers because he knows that Scoot's game is explosion and getting to the bucket. I think Scoot would maybe have a hard time finishing at the rim over him with that length. That could cause yeah. him some problems. Scoot's still going to get his because Scoot is nice in that aspect, but I think he'd probably let Scoot shoot, and I think Brandon Miller's the better shooter, so I think he'd win. I mean, yeah. And, and Brandon, Especially I'll, if Scoot picks his spots when he wants to play defense. Well, I will, yeah, I'll tell you this. If Brandon <laughs> Miller wants to put that ball on the ground anywhere near Scoot, I hope it's only once, and then he grabs it immediately. Like, Scoot's probably going to take his cookies from Yeah, him. if and, he feels like it. Yeah, but anyway, like, so, uh, so I, see, this is what you do, though. So, no, we're going we're gonna to dig into it. You keep making these comments. Let's, go. let's explore. Right. Because I've only heard you once when I pressed you on this, uh-huh. on who you really want. Yeah. But then you talk about some of the off-court yes, issues. Yes, the off-court is an issue Deterring you from wanting me. to draft yeah. Brandon Miller. Sure. So I've heard both answers out yes, of you. Yes, yes. Who do you I want? I got to give a, a choice. Who do you want? Right now, because we're getting more information. All right. Who do you want at number two, Wes? Because as someone who asked me to be definitive on all my candy equal, tape. All things equal, I'm it. And make the pick. All, who, right. what, what, all things like the real I would, life. I reality. would take Brandon Miller and I wouldn't bring back Miles Bridges. That's okay. what I would do. So why is that Brandon Miller? Is, and it's got to be the shooting. It's got to be the shooting. Yeah, the shooting, the defensive versatility. I, like the, I think the Hornets could use a, a dominant wing if he can – transform into and that, see, which like, I think Jason he has Tatum? a potential. It may be not as good as Tatum, but still a guy that you could look at mm-hmm. potentially as a top 10 wing in the next few years. Yeah. Okay. I'm just glad yeah, we got your answer. We got Brandon right, Miller. We go. we'll, we'll, we'll have 20 <laughs> more days to go on this. That Almost we will. 20 more days. But 
the the defensive stuff, the shooting, I get it, man. Brandon Miller will come in here, and then you're just not bringing back Miles because there's too many PR problems yeah, at that point. Yeah, I don't want the PR hit, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> all I right. want to come to work in peace as the executive I, I mean, when I pull up in my Lamborghini Urus. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I guess, it's, I guess it, it is interesting, right? Like, you, you're okay with one guy being an off-court issue but and it's not the same as miles so it's not it, it's a different situation where miles was criminally involved yeah. he was arrested for felony domestic violence count so yeah it's just if i i do wonder if the hornets just want to clean their hands of all of it if they don't mind bringing yeah. in both of these guys because as you've heard i mean even finkelstein writing in here that most scouts are telling him brandon miller is going to be that number two overall pick all right, so going from the number two pick to the number one pick, going back to the Carolina Panthers. So ESPN's Matt Lombardo reported that an anonymous, you know that anonymous, but he didn't have the mm-hmm. mask on like anonymous. You know about those guys that come on and give you those cryptic messages. And I do. Like They're right. the ones that are feeding Gilbert Arenas the draft lottery is rigged conspiracy theories. <laughs> an AFC executive said that he was worried about Bryce Young and that he is going to get killed and smashed. Like he said, he's going to get killed. Like like smash that was the quote so do you feel like more hits are going to take a faster toll on Bryce and other quarterbacks and do you think this is the strategy against the Panthers do you think teams are going to be taking some unnecessary shots at Bryce and things of that nature because they feel like they may be able to get him get him out of there we've talked about it when Ndamukong Sue said the same thing that it's going to be a strategy I mean defensive linemen if they get in the backfield they're going to look to put a hurting on Bryce Young for sure so yeah I think it's going to be the strategy I hope that Bryce Young can protect himself I hope the offensive line can protect Bryce Young quite a bit I'd be lying if I said I didn't think it's any worry for sure smaller body the logical sense to think there is that he might be a little bit more susceptible to getting hurt than some of the other bigger body guys. But as we know well here in Carolina, it was in the pocket that freak of nature Cam Newton got most of his injuries. You know, well, I get at least one, the interception he threw, the classic Kelvin Benjamin didn't chase the guy down, Cam Newton does, gets injured there. And then we know about the TJ Watt hit. We know how many injuries or how many head hits he took in that Denver Broncos rematch after the Super Bowl 2016. There was a lot of beatdowns that Cam took because, one, it was almost like the Shaq effect. Bryce Young's not going to have that. You're going to see Bryce Young get hit, and he's probably going to get the call because he is 5'10", 190, 200 pounds, and Cam Newton was 250, 6'6". So it will be a little bit different there. But clearly the defense is going to try to put him on the ground. You know how angry those defensive linemen can be. Yeah, I think that this comment is just a bit over the top, uh, saying that he's going to get killed like smashed. I just don't see that happening with this guy because this is a player that has played at this size his whole life. And we've seen other quarterbacks in the league be able to survive being a smaller stature as well. Drew Brees uh, didn't miss a lot of time because he was getting smashed. Uh, There were other quarterbacks. I mean, hell, even Doug Flutie had a a pretty decent career now. He definitely took his lumps because he would run and he was fearless. But I just think you look at a – Uh, Drew Brees and a Russell Wilson. And yes, we know Russell Wilson is obviously a little bit more uh, shapely than Bryce Young as far as just being a thicker guy weighing a little bit more. But I think 
we didn't see those guys going out because of attrition, just getting killed a lot uh, as far as on the field. So I don't think that that's going to be the case with Bryce. I think he knows how to protect himself. And again, I think an aspect of his game that I think is very, very much underrated is his pocket presence. And when you watched him play at Alabama, there were times where very large men had a bead on him and could have put big hits on him. And they did not accomplish that. And Bryce got out of it. And I'm not just talking about sacks that he could see in front of him because you do have some blitzes to where coaches will coach the fact that the quarterback has to account for one of the blitzes. Like one guy's going to come free. You got to account for that. But I'm talking about sacks that were behind him on his blind side that he could not see. He found ways to get out of there. I think that he will be just fine. I think the young man knows how to protect himself. But for our final Fitty Flash of the day, Joshua, let's hit it. It's all right to be a little Fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share. Might as well smile. Life goes on for a little Fitty. Wow. We talked about the college baseball tournament earlier in the show. Well, I've been monitoring the Women's College World Series. Oklahoma and Stanford, they're now playing in the top of the eighth inning. It's tied 2-2. Two to two. Oklahoma's 58-1. and one. They're a win away from going to the final uh, or to the championship series. If they lose, they got to go back and play Stanford again later today. But, dude, 58-1? and one? Like, it's not bad. I mean, like I know we've seen like UConn's women's basketball team be dominant. We've seen South Carolina's women's team be dominant. There are a lot of dominant teams that you see in college softball that never get talked about. And uh, I've got it on the screen back here. And it's just been a lot of fun to watch. I think that this is one of the great teams that nobody really talks about like that. I know I've been interested, even though I haven't sat down to really watch like that and I think the closer they get to a championship the more I am going to tune in because I do know I just said to myself it's funny you bring this up I just said to myself the other day when I was sitting there and I saw the score flash across the screen I said man the Oklahoma girls are just out of this world good man and they've just been super dominant since 2013 they've won one one in 2016 2017 21 22 nuts how they've been dominating the last decade i mean what's in the water these girls are definitely or these women have been spectacular i was gonna say still water but that doesn't quite work (laughs) it was oklahoma state (laughs) that would have been good yeah that might have got you beat up in oklahoma saying stuff like that but when we come back we are going to close this thing down the week that or not the week that was but we're going to close it out Last uh, week that was. It was it is. Last week that was okay, because okay. we didn't get All to right. some of those highlights. Okay. I thought maybe we had something in there that was a nope. little bit aged. So last week that was when we returned. This is the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. 
One more segment to go on Wesson Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We had the whole who's the most famous rapper of all time conversation. Burberry Gary said, surprise, no one said Jay-Z. A few people did. But I was starting to think about this a little bit more, Wes. We kind of dismissed it, both you and I. We're not giving enough play to the fact that he's married to Beyonce. Yeah, she increased his profile a Huge. whole lot. So I think that absolutely allows him to be more a part of the conversation than we were letting mm-hmm. on first. So being married to Beyonce, the beehive knowing all about, which it's it's a big old beehive. So beehive knowing about uh, what you have with Jay-Z, I think might that might be a part of the conversation. Logo704 said, my grandmother's a 50 Cent fan. Well, she likes his workout routine at least. <laughs> all right. So... <laughs> Grandmama 704, she likes what 50 Cent has to offer, at least in the uh, conversation of workout videos. All right, Fiddy, we didn't get to it last week. We decided instead to give an honor to Rick Bennell, who passed away a couple of years ago. Great Charlotte Hornets writer, extraordinaire institution. And so we did not get to some of the better funny highlights of the past week. And so now we're just going to give it to you on a Monday. It's not the week that was. It was last week that was with Fiddy Marlowe. This might be my favorite beat, by the way, that I get I get to talk over. Um, all right. So last week we were talking about Nick Nurse. I think it was when he got hired as the new head coach of the 76ers. And like I always do, I made a joke, but this time, you guys approved of it. The early returns coming out of Philadelphia, they're the only franchise to fire a doc for a nurse. That was pretty good. I got to give it up. I really like that. Yeah, that was I'm ashamed good. to tell you how much I like it, but I do. Very good. Thank you very much, Fiddy. He'll be here all week, folks. <laughs> that was good, man. Wes, I like that. Wes one. needed to lead it off as well. Just no, look, it was good. I appreciate it. I've seen that joke made afterwards, but it, it doesn't matter because it's only who I hear it from first. I give you the credit, so you get all the credit for that, Fiddy. That was the highlight of my week last week. I had a pretty rough week. Yeah, it was rough. But I, I could think back to that moment and think, man, I made a joke. And they finally approved of it. All right, moving on. We had uh, Hunter Bailey in studio last week. And when he admitted to turning down a night out on the town with a UFC fighter and the 50 grand that Hunter Bailey helped him earn, you guys clowned him a little bit, and rightfully so. He did the fighter reach out to you? He invited me to Encore. I want to close here in Charlotte. Woo! Uh, I did not go. I should have went. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Dang, how you going to turn that down? You know the mood that he would have been in after what you got for uh, him? You guys would have been Hunter, lit. Hunter, Hunter, we got to talk. Hunter, we got to talk. He invited you to the club. I had a work event, my man. You made the man 50K. You know he would have been dropping that on some of you. How much do you, how much, West? how much are you giving? To Hunter Bailey, if a question that he asked gave you 50K in your He's, pocket. Whatever he wants that night. It's going to be full service, whatever you need. <laughs> with somebody that what, can uh, think up <laughs> of some odd. debauchery like I'm, I can, you would have had the night of your life. Yeah. <laughs> I want somebody to make Wes some money because that person will make out better than anybody there. That's how I get down, stuff. man. I like to look out for people. If somebody would have asked a question and give me an extra 50 grand, definitely I'm going to break him off some Skrilla and mm-hmm. then we're going to have a ball that night. That's just how I get down. I make both of y'all money every two weeks and y'all ain't taking me out for one night of my uh, life, not one time. Fiddy, you make me 50 grand? 
in a year. <laughs> I'll take Doesn't you. that count for something? I'll take you anywhere you want to go, man. Seriously. If, if you make me, if you are responsible for putting that money into my pocket, we will do whatever you want to. What else you got for us? All right. I think it was at the end of the show last Wednesday. It was announced that the Pop-Tarts, or Pop-Tarts was becoming a bowl sponsor, taking over for the Cheez-It Bowl. And Wes gave one of the most honest yeah. admissions uh, in the history of the show. But I do think about Pop Tarts a lot. <laughs> you, I haven't had it in so long. Can we isolate that, please? Yeah, I, I think, think about them a lot. I think about Pop Tarts a lot. Yeah, man. <laughs> Can you play the first part of that soundbite and then just cut it as soon as he's done with the individual soundbite? I love it so much. Here it is again. But I do think about Pop-Tarts a lot. Uh, I want that drop. Just I got it. Just any time we're m- referencing food, I just want that to grace us. I was it's in the such- grocery store yesterday, man, and walked past the Pop-Tarts, and I just went, and I just looked at the box, and then I read the nutrition facts, and I said, no, nah, I can't do it. But I was just looking at it, and I said, man, I want some so bad. What's the flavor you think of when you think of Pop-Tarts? The strawberry okay. and the blueberry. Yeah. The OG flavors. And you know what else, too, is... is I like the store brand ones too. They're I'll not admit bad. that. Not bad. I they're, like store brand. They're store not brand the same. They're not the same. They're, they're normally a little thicker, and and the filling tastes a little bit different. But I, I like store brand too. I will say the the frosting hits different for the real pop tart. <laughs> the name brand frosting. I'm a little bit of a stickler. Yeah, I, I I'll take them both. But it's not bad. You have anything else, Fitty? All right, we got one more. Remember last Thursday, West was was running late from the show. He was kidnapped held up by Rihanna, mm-hmm. but that didn't stop him from interrupting, as you told him, point blank, the flow of the show. We do have game one of the NBA Finals tonight. Tip is set for 8.30. It will be taking place in Denver. Who do you? Oh, what? <laughs> this was my segment. It is the Wesson Walker show, and he's coming in speeding, as he mentions. He's already recording. That's right. Have you been? Have I'm you always been, work. You're also <laughs> disrupting the flow. What's going on, Wes? That's what we do. We disrupted the flow of radio. That's what you do. That's what you do. That's right. You disrupt the flow. <laughs> <laughs> trying, to, trying to make it into work on time. Yeah, man. I could hear you. It sounded like you'd been eating a few Pop-Tarts. That's a day we'll never forget. Actually, I wasn't I wasn't that out of breath. I had just come in from outside, obviously, man. But yeah, I was definitely mm. trying to get here. I don't know why Fiddy was so surprised. I texted you guys, yeah. and I said I was like five minutes away or whatever it was. So you had to know I was coming in. Why are you giving him the stank look over there, Fiddy? Because I, I'm a guy that walks. When I come down from uh, or come up from upstairs, I'm out of breath. <laughs> I know what being out of breath sounds like. <laughs> Wes, it's okay, my man. You're, you're 39. You're a former Division One college athlete. Just Offensive because lineman. you work out, it's okay to be out of breath every now and again. There's no judgment here. That's a good sign of hustle. Yeah, no doubt. No, when I first walked in, I was, but then it got... Very mm-hmm. quickly, I recovered. Quickly. Oh yeah, no, it was. It did not linger throughout the show. You just had yes. to catch your breath because you were hightailing it. Man, <laughs> That's sure right. That you got in, and you had to run away from Rihanna, who was chasing you. Yeah, man, she wouldn't let me go. True, <sighs> true or false, Wes? Did you take your thirst trap pictures last Thursday too, or was that on Friday? That was on Friday. I don't believe him. Well, that was that was the day, right? Or was it Thursday? He got the you... car Thursday. Oh, that's you guys right. calling it thirst trap? That's a compliment. I feel like it. it well, because it wasn't meant to be. I that. call it. I call it like I see it. Those are thirst trap picks. Hey man, if well, I've ever seen them. <laughs> Smiling, looking out, not it's, even focusing on the camera, yeah, but it's a yeah, perfect yeah, pick yeah, sitting yeah, on the hood. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, we didn't ask though. Did did Mama Bryant take the picks or or did 
Did the, did the son have to get laid? No, my right. barber took those pictures. That was after I got my haircut. Oh, so you were just getting, okay. Yeah, he came out to check it out every time I get something or he gets something. You know, we, we show it to each other. So he wanted to see it. And then after that, I said, hey, let's take a couple pics. Can we expect that to be a profile pic? Uh, no, it won't be a profile pic, man. But, you know, it's there. I actually made it a post. I don't make many Instagram posts anymore. I always do reels mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But... Those would be there. Well, I thought maybe this would be the revolution, the change of Westcott Range going to West Bryant ah, underscore 72. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. So, so no longer is it going to be Westcott Range. I'm going to have to try to memorize that very quickly because I've always I've always known <laughs> you. My girl texts in as we say that better not be a thirst trap. <laughs> <laughs> it's just for you. Yeah. It's just for you. That's what he said that's during right, the break. Baby. He said, yeah, if you want to call it a thirst trap, that's yeah. fine. But it's only for my girl and my girl that's only. That's right. That's what he kept saying during the break. And I promise you that. Any other questions? I plead. <laughs> All right. That's Wesa Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Keep it right here for Kyle Bailey alongside Smoke Ludwig coming up next in just a moment from 3 to 6 p.m. This has been Wesson Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.